Mr. Beast's record-breaking recreation of Squid Game is stirring up a lot of controversy. People are saying that it is tone-deaf, too much of a copy, and that it's unoriginal. Vice even published an article that accuses YouTube of becoming a home for copycat entertainment. A home for recreation, but not creation. So here are our thoughts on Mr. Beast's recreation of Squid Game. Colin, roll the intro. One of the best parts of this video was that there was so much anticipation for it. I mean, as soon as the show came out, people started comparing it to Mr. Beast. I brought in a bunch of my subscribers and gave them a chance to win tons of money. It almost felt like a holiday blockbuster release. The second it was released, I was ready to watch it. Really? Yeah. And from the second that I clicked on it, I could tell immediately that this was even aesthetically a very different video than what he normally does. I actually thought that was one of the most exciting parts of it. The cinematography the VFX, the pure look and feel of it, that it felt like a movie. And being a huge fan of Squid Game, I don't even need any explanation really right. for what I'm about to watch. I'm just excited to see how he builds the sets, how the game plays out in his version. Agreed. It was like, what is the YouTube version of this show that I love? What Jimmy doesn't know is I brought a lighter and I'm going to drop it for somebody. Do you have any critiques of the video? I mean, a lot of the criticism was that this version was insensitive to the meaning behind the original. And I see the validity of those arguments. From a video and storytelling perspective, I would have liked if he built the characters a little bit more. Yeah. Because that was obviously such an amazing part of Squid Game. You cared about the characters so much. Granted, the stakes in the actual version were death. and There was a lot on the line. When the guy won musical chairs at the end, I was like, who's that guy? Why is he? What's he going to do with this money? Yeah. And that's something that The Voice does really well, mm -hmm. or American Idol, right? They take you home with yeah, the contestants. every game show does it. Yeah, all the yeah. game shows do it. And you get to understand what's important to them at home and why they need this money. I do think that he could have done it in advance, like through shorts. He could have introduced us to characters on his shorts channel. Mm. And that would have been really powerful if he was like, this is 067. She comes from blank. And if she wins the $456,000, she's going to do this with it. Immediately, you would have had marketing built in. You would have had these characters and you would have, right when you clicked on the video, been invested in like, oh, that's, that's that character that I loved and they're going to use it for their mom. And like, I think that's important as Jimmy grows as, as like a game show host and as a channel that's creating these competitions with high stakes that's what made Squid Game so powerful, was that every character, you knew what they needed this money for. Go meet your mother. Go get your brother, too. Okay, there's a couple of shots that, to me, were like, raised the bar for YouTube, period. Like, the sets of the tug-of-war and the the game where they have to jump across. What's it called? I don't know what that game jump is across, called. I think it's called. The jump across game? Yes. The sets for those were shocking. And there's one shot where the, the camera's pointed up at one of the like squid game people, the triangle men, and it like goes around like this and it is just a beautiful shot. And if you watch the behind the scenes video from the So Crispy mm -hmm. Media YouTube Shout channel. Out to Sam. They're yep. the group that did all the VFX. It's unbelievable how much went into all of these shots. I actually did not realize how much VFX there were in this video when I watched it for the first time. Jimmy rented out a full like rodeo arena, but then it was like blue screen so that they could create the environment of that set. The, the fact that they did it all in seven weeks, like that was like making an indie film. It's an incredible feat. And to think that it just went out on one 25 minute upload, that's it. It's not like it was a four part series or anything. It's just one YouTube video. 
Unbelievable. So that was amazing. Now, the scale of this, because it tapped into this global trend of Squid Game, and at the same time, it was also released on a holiday weekend in the US here, the day before Thanksgiving. I found myself at Thanksgiving hearing about this guy, Mr. Beast, and his recreation of Squid Game from people who do not watch YouTube. Did you say, let me tell you a thing? Let me tell you a thing or two about. Mr. My, Beast. My friend, Mr. Last, <laughs> last name, name Beast. Beast. <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving flex. Right. Yeah. That was the point of that story. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> There's these moments with YouTube creators where the story of a YouTube creator gets outside of the bubble of, you know, the creator world and it gets outside to the mainstream. This was one of those moments. A lot of times when that happens, it's because of this social hacking strategy where yeah. something already is happening, like Squid Game. Mm -hmm. Logan Paul fighting Floyd Mayweather was another moment where I felt like we got beyond the bubble from like, oh, this YouTuber is doing this thing. Like where my friends are asking me questions who don't watch any YouTube, that's when I know like something has transcended the bubble. And this Mr. B Squid Game recreation was one of those moments. Let's just talk about the, the sheer impact of this video by the numbers. And these numbers are actually from our newsletter, which is called The Published Press. If you want to subscribe, you get information like this. It took the video nine minutes to hit a million views. Must be nice. Mm -hmm. In a single day, he grew 1.4 million subscribers. Which is the record on YouTube, by the way. The record. And in 2021, on average, he would do 70,000 a day. And the sponsor of the video, Brawl Stars, the game went from number 41 on the app store to number two. These numbers are incredible. And what ended up happening is that these numbers ended up getting compared to the actual Squid Game and its numbers. The comparison of the numbers got people heated. The Very actual heated. comparison was trending on Twitter. Now, the comparison was used as a like kind of rally cry for the creator economy that like, hey, this creator took seven weeks to make this video. It only cost him $3.5 million. And he was able to reach almost the same amount of people as, as Squid Game. That was kind of the vibe of the comparison. Uh, and people obviously were really upset because it was like, wait a second, hold on, you can't compare that. They are apples and oranges when you think about it. One is on an ad supported platform that anyone can watch. Another one is subscription. Mr. Beast's version was 25 minutes. The actual Squid Game was closer to 500 minutes. One is unscripted and one is narrative, right? Totally different. Also, the main thing is there's just not one without the other. Like Mr. Yeah. Beast's Squid Game does not exist if, if Squid Game doesn't exist. And the reason that Mr. Beast's Squid Game version exists is because the groundwork was laid and Squid Game in itself is a cultural phenomenon. At the time we're recording this video, Mr. Beast's Squid Game has like 130 million views. And it's reported that Netflix... Squid Game did 142 million views. So if you just look at those two numbers, yes, there's an interesting comparison. But that's how simple it is. Like you can't actually go any further than those are two really similar numbers. There's a lot of nuance behind these numbers. I think actually what I wanted to come out of these comparisons that started to come about were just like, wow, the scale of YouTube is really big. That I think was my hope with starting to see these numbers come out of like, oh, wow, being a YouTube creator, you can reach the amount of people that traditional entertainment platforms reach. That's the interesting comparison, but the rest of it is like too nuanced to actually compare. You can't compare the two things. What I didn't anticipate was the article published by Vice saying that YouTube has become a home for what they called a reductive ripoff, that people are really just taking other people's content and copying it. Yeah, and they, they also talked about like, reactionary content, which is kind of what we do, right? Where we're like taking something that's happening. Kind of, it's 100% what yeah, we do. And yeah, and reacting to it. And that that is not creation. They called yeah. it recreation. 
Right. This is a fine line in yeah. art, right? Yeah. Of what is copied and what is original. Is anything even really original? It brings up a really interesting philosophical discussion just about <laughs> creating anything. So if we go all the way to, you know, one side of the spectrum, there's artists. Artists are people who are coming up with these, you know, original ideas. Now, original, I'm going to use very carefully there because they're obviously inspired by something, but they are developing these, these ideas and they're expressing themselves with whatever they want to make. That's an important distinction. You get all the way on the other side and you look at like a studio executive who's like a distributor and that distributor is thinking about what the audience wants. That is why you see so many sequels in Hollywood because a studio executive is like, wait, Spider-Man works. People buy tickets to Spider-Man. Let's make another Spider-Man. They make media based off metrics. Mm -hmm. That's the difference, right? Artists make media and creations off of what they feel, off yeah. of what they want to express, not necessarily off of metrics or a desire mm -hmm. or need to make a business. A lot of artists are broke. Right. The director of Squid Game took him 10 years to finally make this piece the way he wanted to. And he was very often broke during mm -hmm. that time period. He had to sell his MacBook. His MacBook, yeah. For like 600 bucks. Yeah. Like, he's an artist. He wanted to make something. He wanted it in the form that he wanted it in. Somebody had to come in and finance the thing he wanted to make. Netflix is a distributor. Right. They will buy things and put things out based off metrics. Yeah, a good example of it is Tiger King season two. It's pretty bad. Do we need it? No, but mm. they saw that people love Tiger King season one. So they're like, what are we going to spend on? We're going to spend on a sequel. And so that's what you see on distributors. They're looking at metrics to make a decision. Now in the middle there is being a creator. Being a creator obviously starts with you having an expression that you want to put out into the world. You have an idea that you want to share. You have some level of like inspiration that struck you to the point where you have to put something out. But as you get into the career of being a creator, you are operating as a media company, you're operating as a distributor, where YouTube is giving you analytics and you are making decisions based on analytics. And you're trying to make these analytics to a point where you can have a career doing this thing. So I think it's important to understand the differences between what's happening. Like, you know, creators and YouTube is more on the side of being a distributor or a media company than it is on the side of being an artist. And that's why a lot of creators will talk about things like Squid Game. Mm-hmm right? Because they know that metrics will back that up. If we rely on viewership and that's a business metric for us, it's a safer bet to talk about something that a lot of people want to see. We talked about this on the Waveform podcast with Marquez Brownlee, that content market fit is what you want to make, what the audience wants to watch and what the algorithm will serve to them. And so two thirds of that equation don't have to do with what you want to make. Two thirds of that equation have to do with the audience and the platform. So you are operating as a creator thinking about those two things. So that's why creators make some of the decisions they make. But mm -hmm. when it comes down to copying and imitating other people's work, do you think that Mr. Beast's recreation of Squid Game is too much of a copy? The reality for me is that I don't believe that it replaced Squid Game. No. Like, I don't think someone watches Mr. Beast's Squid Game and then is like, cool, I'm good on Squid Game. <laughs> I don't have to watch the real one. I actually think it probably had more intrigue into people wanting to watch Squid Game. And also, I think he put like a, a you know, at the end, like kind of a, a credit to the original filmmaker and like an honor to them. And obviously massive shout out to the creator of Squid Game. We took huge inspiration from the show and I genuinely appreciate you. It's a parody and it taps into the fandom. And the creator of Squid Game actually did watch. And said he loved it. 
I think the exact quote is, please, more of this. Yeah, <laughs> I watched some of it. I loved it. <laughs> it helped me the, uh, to promote the, the show too. So <laughs> please, more. I want more people to do it. Which I think, again, shows you that the line here was not crossed, in my opinion. That it doesn't that replace the show. It taps into the fandom, and I think that's what a lot of people do do like I, I in the media business like that is what people do there is a problem on youtube though with people who do copy we see it where eric had a thumbnail where he's scaling the side of a building and then someone took that thumbnail took that concept and just put their face on it and that happens a lot I mean, it happens to mr beast there was like a russian mr beast who was literally just plagiarizing what he was doing and like doing the exact same videos. And these people aren't making these recreations, these copies out of a passion to express themselves mm -hmm. and climb up this building using suction cups. They're doing it because it's proven that a video like that can turn this into a career. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. why they're making that copy and that recreation. Now this concept of originality versus um, like a recreation, this comes up a lot in art. The way he did it as a YouTube video that is the part that's amazing. That's the original part. Red light. Oh, yo, they're dropping. No one has spent that much money on a YouTube video. No one has built sets. No one has essentially made like a Hollywood movie as a YouTube video. That's the original part, I think. It's not the creative. The creative is, yes, he, he literally did every single game in order exactly how they did it in Squid Game. Yeah, the reality is like, originality is sort of found over time. To create anything you sort of have to start with some sort of input. This is a book called Steal Like an Artist. And if you have not read this book and you're a creator or you're anyone interested in this, you should check this out. There's a link for this book in our description. The whole book kind of talks about this concept of, you know, stealing like an artist. Like everything is an imitation of something. That's how creativity happens. Start copying what you love. Copy, copy, copy. At the end of the copy, you will find yourself. And it says, what we're talking about here is practice, not plagiarism. Plagiarism is trying to pass someone else's work off as your own. Copying is about reverse engineering. It's like a mechanic taking apart a car to see how it works. And I think that is so important that when we first started the Colin and Smear channel, we were incredibly inspired by Casey Neistat. And it was like, how's he doing this thing where he's making a movie about his life every day? And we did very similar versions of his vlogs. We tried as hard as we could. And it didn't feel totally original, but no. that wasn't really the point. And there was hundreds of channels like that. And that got our reps. We were just picking up a camera, talking to it, filming, editing. Like you have to have something to create that repetition where you're actually finding your voice through copying. And I think that's really looked down upon but I don't think the people who are looking down upon it are actually creators or artists because they don't know that you need to do that. How else are you going to find your voice? Jimmy probably reverse engineered through this process how he could make like a movie. And, and has come up with a, a totally new way to make something eventually totally different. Mm -hmm. There will be another video that he makes at this scale, right? With the VFX team and yes. this many people involved that takes yes. that much time. And it will probably be an original idea at that point. Exactly. Or some new iteration of an idea that he has. So he, he just like, I love that notion of taking apart a car because that's essentially what he did is he saw something grand. He saw something that the whole world loved and he was like, how did they do that? Not in the, I, how they came up with the idea, but how did they put that together? And then he did it.
And that's what's amazing. And I think for every creator, that's what you have to do. Like for us to get to the point where this is our show, we had to go through so much reverse engineering of YouTube content. Of other people's Other shows. people's YouTube content, where we would look at someone and be like, that's cool, can we make something like that? Now there's something called the 3% rule. And this is a rule that is coined by Virgil Abloh, who was a prolific designer and, and creative who passed away last week. But what he talked about was that to make something original and innovative, you just have to take something that already exists and change it by 3%. He talked about doing a collaboration with Nike and releasing this Air Force One where he took the Air Force One, the same Air Force One that people love that they wear on their feet all the time, and he just put his own spin on it. He made it 3% different. And that's what made it a success. Anymore, and you may have screwed it up. Exactly. You know, you look to the top and you see sequels being made and that's because people are comfortable. Like audiences want something like that. They just want it to be 3% different. That's when it becomes innovative. You know, the important piece is if you're a creator that you need to have a path into finding your voice, which is going to be through imitating or, or iterating on someone else's idea or the inspiration that brought you to the point of wanting to create. And that's okay. And then as an audience, I think recognizing that the reason a lot of this stuff is happening is because at scale, these people are in the business of creating things. And for them to actually find audiences, they have to make something that everybody loves and enjoys and put their spin on it. That's just what this is. Like, Which is actually yeah. no different than what Vice did with that article. Exactly. It's their take, their spin on this overall trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, at the end of the day, the great thing about this Mr. Beast video is that it's never been done before like this on YouTube. The sheer existence of it will inspire other people to push the boundaries of what they are able to do on their channels mm -hmm. or in their businesses. And that's what I think is important. I agree. And I think that the fact that a creator who started in his bedroom got to this point where he could invest $3.5 million into a single upload, that's the story that is really important here. The creator world is growing to a point that now the whole world is taking notice. People are investing in these videos. Audiences are watching. The scale is there. And this term creator is going to evolve from here. It's going to mean something completely different in the next couple of years, but it probably will be a lot more a part of our mainstream culture. Right.